six and a half to seven feet tall. The CIA ran secret mind control experiments. It's a tale of a creature that's been seen by many, but believed by few. And experts say there have been reported sightings of paranormal activity. And there was this creature that ran down this hill. They say something was flying over their house. They have no idea what it was. How the world's most powerful individuals are actually shape-shifting reptilians. My scariest ghost hunting experience. Welcome. It is Tuesday night. You know what that means? That means we're going to talk about the paranormal. That is, if in fact Brit's equipment actually works. We just spent the last works. 25 minutes trying to get it all to work, and we couldn't get the new equipment to work, so we had to plug in the old equipment. But here we are. But you know what? We don't have a guest yet, <laughs> so I'm just stalling oh for time. God. What I'm doing right now is known as the in the broadcast industry as stretching. Oh, little electric, electric, electrical tape uh, does a trick there. It was all working fine until I hooked up with you, and then the microphone doesn't work, and here we are scrambling, and I put the old microphone back in. But uh, that is such the course, and um, here we are going to talk with uh, talk about near-death experiences, which, um, I mean, I've had a couple near-death experiences when my ex-wife came at me with, you know, heavy objects. Does that count? <laughs> that, that is a completely different kind of near-death experience, and that's actually a far scarier kind of near-death experience. Yeah, it was rough. I mean, it was a heavy. It was like a saber sword thing. It was. It was, and I saw my life flash before my eyes. And the only thing that saved my ass is I can run faster. So <laughs> I bet you. I, bet I you ran can't really anymore. fast. I bet you can anymore. Mm, I don't know. She's as a sh- out of shape as I am. So uh, I oh, bet. They, uh, yeah, okay. You know, it's all. You know, for all of us, it's. I mean, if she was her twenty-something-year-old self, then yeah, she would catch me in a heartbeat. Okay, uh, but not now. So I've got an update to our situation here because, as I mentioned, we have. Oh boy, we didn't. Our guests didn't connect as they are supposed to, and we've been trying to get in touch. And it turns out that um, our guest had a family emergency, according to his publicist, and we won't have that oh guest. Boy. So Dr. Scott Taylor was going to be our guest tonight, and Dr. Scott won't be able to join us, but his. Uh, his uh, publicist, Michelle Freed, has offered to come on the program. Uh, she has uh, some experience with rem- remote viewing, and I think we're going to end up talking about remote viewing tonight. So uh, I guess we're so going to... does that mean all the research <laughs> that we did, we're yeah. just going to wing it? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I like this. Yeah. I wonder if she can hook me with, uh, help me with some uh, cooking skills, because I just got a new Traeger grill, which I'm loving. Uh-huh. And I suggest you get one, JV, because literally you prep the food, you put it on there, you set the computer thing, and you walk away. And 12 hours later, you have beef jerky, or five hours later, you have a smoked brisket, or and it does it all for you. Yeah, well, that sounds it's amazing. It sounds really nice. It doesn't it sounds like it's kind of uh, kind of uh, hands off grilling or hands off cooking or whatever you said. Can you move that mic closer to um, your mouth though a little bit so that it doesn't sound so? Uh, is is that is that better? That's well, a little too much. Uh, how about that? Is that a little better? That is a little right, too much. Right in there. Hey, is you either good. get all of me or none of me. I mean, um, yeah. it's I just want. Just, I just want, you know. 
no, don't go there. I just want the right amount of you. The <laughs> amount that is going to make you sound the best so that you present yourself in the best manner. I'm trying to help you here. So you want the Goldilocks scene. Is that what we're after? The Goldilocks scene? Yeah, not too Goldilocks hot, choice? not too cold, but just right. Not too cold, just right, which, you know, she basically stole from the child, the oldest child. No, the middle or was child. It the mother. No, no, it was it was the child the because yeah, it goes fathers was too hot, mothers too cold, whatever, and then the the middle babies were yeah, just so she right. stole. So Goldilocks is a, is a thieves from children. What level of depravity is that in the head? Well, you, well, I mean, it is no different than you talking about if you're if you're hungry and you you've got to feed yourself, you're going to do whatever it takes to get that food, and that's what Goldilocks. She was lost in the woods, Britt. She was lost in the woods. Oh, so what you're saying she was a survivalist. Well, she was just uh, lost in the woods. She needs some nourishment, and she stumbled upon the cabin, and uh, she ma- she did what she had to do to survive. That's what we're talking about here. Mm, all right. Well, if you say so, I still think she stole from children. I mean, <laughs> she was older. She could have eat. She could have eaten the cold stuff, which I have done many times. Let my kids have the better food, or she could have just blown on dads longer to cool it down. And speaking of that, why? Where were they? If the food was so still hot, where did the where did Mama, Papa, and the kids go for Goldilocks to be there? Yeah, free reigning. I think they went for a quick walk because the the porridge was just too hot. Uh, and that, during the walk, oh. mothers cooled a little too much. Uh, fathers didn't cool enough, and the babies uh, cooled perfectly. And that was the one. Uh, why are, are we really having this conversation? So what? So what? Hey, it's JV here. You know I've asked for your support in the past, and I'm going to do it again because it's really, really important. And there are a couple of ways you can support the show, and it's so inexpensive. Now, you can go to Patreon, and you can become a Patreon supporter, and we really, really encourage that. But there's also another way. If you look at the description of the podcast, if you're a podcast listener, and you scroll down to the bottom, there's a way to support the show directly through the podcast app. And it's only 99 cents a month. It's less than a buck. You probably have that change in your couch right now. That dollar a month less than a dollar goes a long way in helping us produce this program provide great interviews for you during the course of the week i thank you in advance because the support is so important to the program this episode is brought to you by kia's first three-row all-electric suv the kia ev9 with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next Visit kia.com slash ev9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. So what you're saying is that Goldilocks broke in, so she's a burglar. Well, no one says the door was locked. stole food. Maybe the door was wide open. She just Maybe there was a sign said, welcome, come on in. We don't know. Don't jump to conclusions. Goldilocks does not is not here to defend herself. So do not jump to conclusions. Innocent until proven wow, guilty. You're doing a, man, has she retained you as attorney? You're doing a good job. <laughs> okay. So listen, we're as we said, we have to call an audible here tonight. And our originally scheduled guest, Dr. Scott Taylor, is not able to join us. And I'm going to apologize to uh, Scott's uh, friend and publicist, uh, Michelle Freed, who is joining us. We're going to be talking about a whole bunch of really interesting things. But the graphics are going to say that we're talking to uh, Dr. Scott Taylor. But this is clearly not Dr. Scott. This is Michelle. Michelle, welcome to the program. Thanks for pinch hitting here tonight. Uh, family emergencies come. Nothing we can do about it. We understand. But thankfully, you were able to step in for Dr. Scott. 
No problem. Yeah, unfortunately, his parents are like in their 90s and going oh through something. So he had to run. I think it's in a different state. And then he totally forgot and uh, he, he wanted to apologize. He feels horrible. Um, but I get the pleasure <laughs> of joining you guys. All right. So I'm hoping <laughs> that like my text to you, like didn't wake you up, you know, get you up out of bed. You're probably all like cozy watching TV or something. And, and you had to scramble. I, I hope that's not what happened. No, no, I, I don't sleep much, so I'm always up. Okay, <laughs> good. I feel a little bit better about that. Anyway, Michelle, tell us a little bit about you. Now, you worked with uh, Art Bell, right? Mm-hmm. Tell us about yeah. that because what? In, first of all, I just have to say I've been in radio since I was 16 years old. I've I've done everything from being a music disc jockey to being a news director to a sports director to a salesperson to an owner of 28 radio stations at one point. So I've done it all. And one of the people I look up to most in the radio industry, there's actually three that I do: Paul Harvey, Rush Limbaugh, as as far as broadcasters go, and Art Bell. Those that they would be my top three radio guys. Yeah, you know, I think Art just he had a gift uh, as an interviewer, and he um, and I. I also have to say that um, Howard Stern also. Yeah, these two guys and Howard Stern's <laughs> in a whole different. Um, but both of them had this amazing ability to get people so relaxed and comfortable that they could talk about anything, even things that, you know, aren't on the show notes, you know what I mean? So things that, you know, they'll say, I never told anybody this, but, um, and that was, that happened a lot. Um, and he also, uh, kind of let people tell their story without judgment and kind of had the idea, like, let the audience decide, you know, if this is, real or not real. So those were some, you know, and everybody has a podcast now, but not everybody's a good host. And those are some of the qualities. Um, but I hear good things. About <laughs> it's so you. true. So, um, yeah. So I, I think you're doing a really good job. Well, well, thank you. And I take the same approach and I have for years and Britt has just joined me on the broadcast in the last couple of months. We did a different show together for a number of years. Plus we worked on Ghost Hunters. Britt was a cast member on Ghost Hunters Hunters for a lot of years. Um, but, But all the years that I've done interview programs, particularly as it relates to paranormal topics, I've taken the same approach. I don't believe everything that I'm talking or, or hearing from my guests, but I keep an open mind and I certainly want the guests to be able to present their best case for whatever the issue might be and let the audience get all the information and make their own minds up. It does nothing. I always felt like it does nothing to go at a guest, challenge a guest, be, you know, go. It, does, it really doesn't do anything to further the discussion when you're doing that. Uh, even if I it might not agree with the guest, I don't take that approach. I think it's all about getting out as much information as possible, letting the audience make the determination for themselves. Yeah, I think there's enough controversy in the world um, that setting a really good example to have two different opinions or allowing people to speak their mind, accepting what they have to say, it doesn't challenge your belief. You know, you're just there letting them have a place to talk about their stuff. We we really don't need more fighting in the world and controversies. So, 
Yeah. Excellent way to put it. So when you were working with Art Bell, what kind of person was he? Because one of the things I think made him so unique is that he, he and I'm, I don't mean this in a negative way at all, but he was a little quirky, right? I mean, he had a little quirky, which made him very curious, also maybe in a way apprehensive or a little nervous about some things. But you, you obviously worked with him. Tell us about the type of person he was. So uh, when I worked with him, he um, left coast to coast and started midnight um, in the desert. So I was there in the position of producer. And at that time, he was executive producer. So um, and I think at that age and his health, I think he uh, he definitely was quirky, but I think he was a little bit calmer, um, you know, Sometimes age calms you, but, right. but um, he would have some things where, um, you know, I had just, so I'll tell you how I got the job because it's a cool story. Um, so what happened was I had just uh, gotten a divorce and I realized, hey, I need a job. And I had um, started studying uh, hip hypnosis and uh, remote viewing. And I had made a whole bunch of friends in the remote viewing world and decided um, that I was gonna help them get on radio shows. So I said, you know, my, 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 uh, my well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Was that Godzilla, Britt? Did we just hear Godzilla? What was that? <laughs> that was insane. <laughs> no, I think it was something else. Oh, we don't know. <laughs> uh, I, no, I don't know if I hear, it, it sounded like some roaring monster in the background. Very, very bizarre. Anyway, sorry to interrupt yeah, you, Michelle. I, I sorry, sorry to do that. But go ahead. That's right. So, um, <laughs> so I go home or go or what? Go big or go home is my my phrase. And so I um, I reached out to Art Bell, and at the time Heather Wade was the um, host. And Art Bell was kind of going to fill in and that whole thing. So I was pitching um, a remote viewer. I get a call from Heather, or the, first the producer. And then he tells me, okay, we'll get back to you. About a month later, I hear from uh, Heather, who tells me, you know, I'm so sorry to get back to you. I love this guy you're pitching. Um, you know, I lost my producer. And I just went, oh, hire me. I don't know how, I just went higher. <laughs> and so she, she was completely dumbfounded, had no words. And she's like, well, uh, well, let's see what you could do. So in three days, I was able to uh, book two weeks of shows. And Art said, you better keep this producer. Or, you know, you're going to be in big trouble. So that was how I got the job. And, you know, I got a lot of, you know, training in being a producer a lot of good advice that i use now uh, that he has you know drilled in my head one thing he was really strict about was sound and um the sound <laughs> checks we we had to do these uh sound checks and um Gosh, I I mean I have PTSD about it because there are a couple times Me too. where the sound Me too. Really? <laughs> JV JV is brutal about sound. Like, oh, turn it down. <laughs> half of this. Do clicks here. Hey, your mic's out. Get it closer. Now you're too close. Now back it. No, you're back. Hey, you idiot! Figure it out. <laughs> I don't even day. have good. Almost I don't have my headset on either. I'm I'm in big trouble. Oh yeah. I, um. 
Yeah, I know. He's going to, like, I'm going to get the, the hit on the wrist. Um, but anyway, so one time I get this call. I'm on the, on the highway, and he calls up, like, really mad because the sound was horrible. And the truth is that towards, the, like, in the last, I don't know, like, what, 10 years or so, the truth is that landlines aren't as good of yeah. a quality as a cell phone. And so people would lie to me and tell me they're using a landline yeah. and they'd be using a cell phone. Yep. Um, so th this person was using a landline, but it was crackling. Mm -hmm. And he calls me up and he's like, Michelle, you blew it. That's all he said, and he hung oh, up. Oh, boy. Ooh. I was, and I pulled over to the side of the road, and I was just like, <laughs> I was like freaking out <laughs> because I knew it. Um, and then he he actually apologized the next day, you know, because whatever. Um, because I was new. I was only working there for such a short time. But, yeah, it was it was um, a roller coaster ride, um, you know, working with um, Heather and and uh, and art and the whole thing. So, yeah, well, I can I can certainly empathize with him as it come, as it relates to sound and particularly with phone connections. Traditionally, landlines are far more reliable and in many ways they still are. Are, but you're right they're not maintained by the phone company like they used to be so you'll they'll get water in the lines and they'll get all sorts of weird things that'll create sound anomalies but the other part of that is the broadcast quality phone systems and i have one here to take phone calls with uh those systems do a really good job of making a phone line uh, uh, a landline call sound good and we don't have the equivalent for cell phones yet so we have we don't have the same control of the audio. It's clearer in m many cases, but the dropouts come and go too. So it's kind of but people just don't have landlines anymore either. I mean, a lot of people no, just don't have true. them. They don't. But there's always this. No matter how good the line is, there's always. Remember the old fashioned hissing sound? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which to me is is um. What's the word? I want to say melancholy, but that's not the word. But it, it's just, it reminds me of the old day. Nostalgic. Yeah. yeah. Um, because Nostalgic. the hissing sound is what we, yeah, what we used to listen to, you know, at night when we're going to sleep and listening, you know, to Art Bell. In fact, I have the 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 song uh, or the music that he played on my uh, ringtones. Just oh, to, nice. Yeah, it makes me feel good. Well, I have nice. to say this. I, you know, it's kind of like if, if Art Bell or, or the, his team saw in you after you booked for two weeks so quickly or whatever the, that, that, those details were, I see the same things in you as a booker, you know, for the people that you represent in contacting uh, my producer, Slick Eddie, uh, in setting up uh, schedules for our show. And you are phenomenal. You're thorough. You follow up. Not everybody does that. And you've got the detail all in the right places. And in this case, you stepped in for your, your client who had a family emergency, which is way above and beyond the call of duty. So thank you so much. But I can certainly see how your uh, work ethic uh, would have made him hire you, and it certainly makes it a pleasure for me to work with you as well. Well, thank you. I appreciate that a lot. Thank you. Um, I, you know, he always told me, um, you know, Michelle, look under rocks to find guests. You know, go to, um, you know, little towns and their little papers. Sometimes they have like an interest story. Find, you know, the diamond in the rough. You know, we don't always have to have the most popular best-selling book person, you know, there's very interesting stories out there 
from people you just wouldn't think. And those are the, and plus I'm always looking for people that are not just a one hit wonder, mm -hmm. people that can talk about the wide spectrum of information. And I also lean towards this more of the sciencey kind of people where they have nice uh, evidence to back up what they're saying. And, um, yeah, I, I tend to, I call myself a skeptical believer. So, um, I love yeah. that advice that he gave to you or direction or how, whatever you call it, because I agree, go find the stories, find the, the little mention in the local newspaper of somebody who had a big, Bigfoot encounter or, or a UFO experience, whatever it is. Those are the best stories. And this is exactly why Art Bell is a legend because his show was yeah. full of this stuff. Thanks to you in part. And it made it so interesting and so much fun to listen to. So, uh, you know, you deserve a big pat on your back for your contribution to that. But clearly, art art is a legend. I want to ask you about something. By the way, for those just joining us, our originally scheduled guest, Dr. Scott Taylor, had a family emergency, had to cancel at the very last minute. Michelle Works with Scott has come on the program graciously to fill in for him. And we're going to be talking about Michelle's experiences with remote viewing and other things. I'm looking forward to that. But I'm so fascinated by her work with Art Bell that I have a couple more questions and i think Britt does too um art bell a couple of the episodes that really stand out with art bell and they may have been before your time because i think they're on coast to coast however I, i'm just wondering if you cross paths with any of these people one of them is mel's hole that's a really infamous story another one is john teeter do you remember the john teeter story and did you ever work yeah, that's did he come on no, in okay he didn't um but i will tell you let's see was it yeah, the Mel's Hole story. Um, we wanted to bring that back. So he kind of disappeared. And um, Heather said that, you know, because she was doing some research to try to find him. And so, as you know, that a lot of truckers um, listen to the show. So she could call out a lot of, she, she was friends with a lot of them. And so at one point we were this close to finding him um, because he, he happens to be a trucker. Oh. And so it was like this kind of chain of, well, yeah, I saw him here and I saw him here. And there was a guy that it was almost like an episode of, um, uh, uh, you know, what is it called? X-Files. Yeah, you right. know, we were, Kind of researching, trying to find the track of of where he is, um, and then the John Teeter is. There is somebody that reaches out to me all the time, telling me that he knows him and that he talks to him, but I'm not sure if the person's so reliable. Well, I, I'll so tell you I this: I had I had John Teeter. Now, first of all, there was some confusion because there was John Teeter, and then there was John Teeter two, like the second, but two. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I, I can't. I remember the John Teeter too was the guy that uh, was supposed to be the legitimate John Teeter, and he would come on. I had him on my program a couple of times, and then it turned out I, I saw some information that he. It turned out that he wasn't legitimate, and his story was was uh, was not what it was cracked up to be. So I haven't heard from him since. I thought he kind of uh, you know skulked away in obscurity, but I, maybe I, maybe there's something else going on. I don't know. You know, an another guest who was incredible, and I loved having him on because he was just so interesting. What it, whatever you believe, was um, Andy Bishago. Bishago, yeah, I said that mm -hmm. right. Andy, mm -hmm. you do know who that is? Uh -huh, I do. Yeah, sort of Brit. That was kind of not convincing. <laughs> <laughs> it was 
Yeah, I, I'm a little. No, no, I no, I, I. You know what? If I if I hear the stories, I, I am the worst person when it comes to names. Like if you hear a song or a group, I, I have no idea. Names, I have no idea. I see okay. a face. Oh, I know him from it. I can lay it all out. Okay, so you'll get it. So he's the one that talks about when he was a, a, a child, he was taken into a group, what, Pegasus? What it was called, the Pegasus or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And he's a time traveler, and he claims oh. that um, he has a he found a picture of them in 19, uh, 1940s black and white picture with him in it wearing like Nike gym shoes or something. Um, and this was his claim. Yeah, he also ran for president, which is pretty interesting. Um, and <laughs> so as I said earlier that I'm a skeptical believer, we remote viewed him because we wanted to know uh, the truth of his story. Um, so we had some very interesting um, data that we got from remote viewing him. I bet so you want to hear away, about it. Did, did, yeah, did you come away from the remote viewing of that, that he was telling the truth? So, so in remote viewing, we do not know what the question is. It's like a secret question. Right. And we're okay, just hold on, given- Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let, let's back up two steps. Treat me like I'm a third grader. So, because okay. I don't know how remote viewing works. So help me understand okay. how remote viewing works. So remote viewing um, was part of the military. Um, and in the 19, so in 1970s, and it was called Project Stargate. And you can probably look all that up to find out the background of it. But Hal Putoff and Russell Targ and a guy named Ingo Swan uh, created a protocol uh, to use your, they wouldn't use the word psychic, so your subconscious to project to a location and describe it. So they would use it like being psychic spies and they would um, huh. kind of look into what's going on in Russia. They would look for missing people and they did all that. They have everything um, declassified in the 90s and they have books upon books with all the evidence and all all the work that they did. And there, there were the military guys once they uh, retired from the military and they realized that they can teach anybody to remote view. So they started teaching oh. people how to do it. So the, the concept of it is that you're sitting at a table um, and they will uh, come, well, they used to use longitude and latitude, but they realized people can memorize those. So now they use a random number generator and they just make up oh. a number and attached to that number is a question. So for example, if you're looking for a missing person, the question would be, uh, describe the, the current location of so-and-so. And then they, we wouldn't see that, we would just get the number. Then we follow a protocol like steps. So we have, we go into a kind of cool down and then we follow the, you know, what we're taught. So you, you start with page one and you do this and it's like a whole process. 
so you, you get data. And one of the main, most important things about remote viewing um, and, and the science behind it is that it's really important that you don't name anything because it's this constant fight between the left brain and the right brain. And um, the left brain wants everything to make sense and it makes a lot of assumptions or you draw a conclusion. So for example, if I say to you, something is red, shiny, and round, you might say, oh, an apple. But what if we found out that it wasn't an apple, it was a fire truck or a truck that was red, shiny, and round. So, um, so it's very important that we train ourselves to kind of look at through the right brain, the symbols and metaphors and things like that using our senses. So there's this connection to mind, body, and spirit when you're kind of working on these sessions. So, so number one, um, so that, I'm great yeah. at assuming stuff and I get myself in trouble all the time. But number two, so right. this isn't like a switch where you go, blink, I'm gonna view. And then it's something you have to kind of warm up, ramp up, spin up to. You get yourself in the zone in the mind and then you're doing your thing and then and then somehow you get this number that has a question attached to it how does that I mean how do you get that number is it like it comes like carrier pigeon or have, I mean is it something that you you go you out have, on the plane you and you meet a, out there you have um, a manager that manages you and they set the whole thing up and um, they're like in the so room with you um, well I can do it through email so they'll send me a target they'll oh. say Michelle we have a um, we have a target. Here's a number. Do your thing. Um, you have a week to do it. So then I go and I do like about a. You can turn it on and off just by setting an intention. You know, just like okay, I'm going to remote view now. Um, so you can do that. Um, so I just sit down and follow the protocol. I use the target number and then uh, just kind of get the information. You know, what do I smell? What do I sense? Ooh. So I'm kind of projecting my subconscious to the location and just describing what's there. And so once you tap oh, cool. into that, you, you get a lot of really cool information. Um, so that's the basic general idea of how that works. So we- Okay, so before the data, before the day, is is this taxing on you, dude? Does it does it like zap energy from you at the end of a good, uh, uh, whatever you want, uh, review after a session? good viewing session? Are you exhausted? Thank you, session. That's the word I was looking for. Just so you know, Michelle, words are my second language. Um, JD okay. is the pro. I'm the rookie. I don't know why. I'm the amateur. I don't know why he wanted me to work with him. I think it's just to make himself look so much better. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, it's it easy when I'm around. But um, <laughs> so words are a problem for me. So at the end of a session, are you exhausted or energized? No. Um, just uh, just completed, I guess. Just I, okay. I don't. Um, yeah, I I feel satisfied and like I did something productive. Um, you know, yeah. So in the session, how it looks is sometimes you sketch things that come to your mind. You'll sketch things out. Sometimes you just, okay. sometimes you just write words. Like I'm perceiving, you know, a foresty area, you know, there's a rock over here. Um, I feel like there's water nearby. So that, that's kind of how it looks. And then you'll have this feeling or inkling, like you want to sketch something and then you just sketch that out hmm. and you don't really analyze it while you're doing it. It's kind of like the thing we say, you get what you get. 
And you kind of like gotcha. I add about 10 to 15 pages and then I write up a summary so that people can understand what I am doing. <laughs> and then I scan it, send it back and then let them an- analyze it. So um, oh. in one missing person case, um, we were helping to find someone. So I had no idea. They did tell me it was a missing person, but they didn't tell me anything else. And um, so I kind of did this sort of mapping where I saw a subject, but the immediate, when I tuned in, I felt there was no life. And um, I felt water nearby. It was a foresty area. I sensed kind of like a dirt path and then some kind of run down building um, and then a rock. And then I saw the position of the body and it had blood coming from the head. And so I did all that in my session, I sent it in, and then about, I don't know, a month later, uh, they gave me the feedback, which ended up being, unfortunately, it was a male in Oregon who was a college student that this building I saw was a bar. Uh, he got drunk and then walked down a dirt path um, and took out a boat and the boat capsized and he hit his head on the boat and died. Um, so I was a little off because I saw him by the rock, um, but he was in the water. I didn't really know it was in the water, but he was, I knew that there was water. But but what if he's in the water kind of submerged on the rocks that the water are covering? He still could have been right. 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 But what was important to the detective, they were able to take my landmarks and thought, because they knew where they were looking. So what they did was they took the information from the session that said something about a rock, something about a building, and something about a a body of water. And then they looked on a map and they were trying to find, okay, where is these three? They tried to triangulate an area. And so that's how they were able to find it. They just looked for something, you know, a foresty area, a building, and then they were able to kind of narrow it down. There were five other people working on it too, so they also inputted information as well. Um, but that's that's kind of how that really could cool. work. And then um, I worked on a project with Homeland Security um, right before the Olympics in 20, they were supposed to be in 2020. And they wanted to know the top threats that they, they could expect. And so it was really interesting because again, this is about what I said, like you, you want to describe and not name. And um, so I assumed, cause I was getting this computer and a virus and all this stuff, like way before, you know, coronavirus, I was getting a virus, but I assumed it was a computer virus. So I was thinking the threat was going to be some kind of computer virus that ruined the Olympics. And, um, and then around, I think in, like well into 2020, I was thinking about my session and I'm like, wait, oh, it meant virus, virus, not computer virus. So I was actually. (laughs) Well, (laughs) coronavirus, computer virus, coronavirus, computer. Ah, I can see how we can confuse that. Okay. So, okay. So now I understand remote viewing. So let's cycle back to the, to the gossipy drama dishing on the guest. What was his name again? Um, Andy Bishago. Did I say Andy that right? Bichago. Bichago. Okay, so, yeah. See, I'm not a host. I don't have to say it right. No, you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. 
I am a I am a host. I just I just claim language is my second language. Language is my second language. Words are my second language. We're gonna borrow that. Um, yeah, it's all yeah, yours. I could, you know, phonetically spell things and whatever. But yeah, so, um, so there were three of us working on this target, and so this is what. So they're very careful about the question they ask, like on their end. So we had no clue that this was Andy Bishago. We were no clue about anything. But on their end, they were asking the question specific, like um, describe the reality of Andy Bishago's story. So it's not, we didn't want to say describe his story because then we're going to get what he says. We want to know the reality of the story. So they set it up nice. So I was getting, this is really wacky. So I did get a bunch of children and I drew this sketch of these like little beds that were like stacked, like little cubbies where little kids slept and they were connected to some kind of um, IV and like they were getting drugged or something and then I saw these like they look like doctors in white coats and they would take the kids um, into like a, a, a room where they sat in a circle and they would have a whole conversation about um, their the dreams that they dreamt. And what they did was they were kind of hypnotizing them. This is what I sensed. I'm like putting it into a whole story here. But it seemed like they were hypnotizing them to believe a story. So I kind of, my summary was I felt like um, something did happen, but it wasn't actually true. I think that Andy believed it. He, you know, I think it was planted in his mind through hypnosis, which makes sense because this was dur during, you know, where they talk about MK Ultra and all that stuff back then. Um, so it makes sense that they would be doing a lot of experiments on stuff like that. The time frame seems wow. right, but I don't know if I'm right, but I have no proof, but that's what I got. And it was interesting. Interesting. So. Yeah. Um, well, I definitely think that there's mind hypnosis stuff going on we can just watch it today and you tell a lie often enough and wide enough and people just believe it carte blanche and it's like but we have proof yeah. right here nope 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 i heard it enough times it just is what it is yeah sorry back yeah, to you for sure. yeah uh first of all i just want to thank arts bridge for the uh, super chat in uh, youtube thank you for doing oh, that we sweet. appreciate it. it always helps us uh, promote the show and stuff uh you mentioned that homeland security michelle reached out to you on a case leading up to the Olympics. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, my understanding of, of what the government is uh, admitting to and maybe not admitting to is that those types of programs, these um, uh, ESP programs, these remote viewing, they've kind of all walked away from that. But if they're reaching out to you, clearly they haven't. Is that how it happens? Does an official from the, in this case, Homeland Security, reach out to you and maybe other remote viewers and say, we want help with the project? So here's, here's what I know and what I can say. Um, I have um, my manager and they contact the manager. And the thing is that I need to be, in order to keep this, um, we don't want, I mean, everyone's gonna be skeptical, but to keep as much of the skeptics, you know, happy, we wanna keep us blind. 
Um, so we don't always know who's hiring us. I happened to know that time because after we did the session, so I didn't know at the time, but after the session, they said this was for Homeland Security. Um, and then um, there's a few other ones that I did that afterwards they told us. And um, the, you know who else um, hired us and paid us? Um, Tom, Tom, um, Long. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so what happened was um, the manager of that happens to be a very good friend of mine. And she's like, Michelle, I have a project. You're going to want to do it, but I can't tell you one thing. I can't tell you anything. I'm like, okay, I trust you. So there were 10 of us. And obviously he was asking about aliens. And what's really weird is that in my session, not knowing it was from Delon, not knowing. Rookie mistake. Seriously? <laughs> Rookie, Rookie mistake. Man. My bad. Damn. You know Art, what Art would be was screaming saying? at me right yeah. now. Yeah, we were going to the same thing. Yeah. You know what he'd say? He'd say, Britt, you blew it. <laughs> you blew it. Haunting. You blew it. Haunting. And that would be enough. That'd be enough to crush me. Crush. And I made Art I'm, Bell like, unhappy. I know what to say next time yeah. that happens. Britt, uh, you yeah. blew it. You blew it. You blew yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> you have to uh. do it. Chat's saying R.I.P. Britt. R.I.P. Britt. R.I.P. Britt. All I know is if 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 the if the uh, if the uh, Homeland Security phone number popped up you know the the caller id homeland security popped up on my phone i would shit a twinkie <laughs> <laughs> i would oh be worried gosh. so michelle and the same thing goes with law enforcement i mean most law enforcement agencies won't admit or won't even acknowledge right. how either psychic or remote viewing uh sensitivities can actually help them solve cases so when they approached you is it the same way did they do it blindly like through a manager and b does it come from the department or is it a detective that just knows, hey, I'm going to get some help? Yeah, usually there are people, well, for me, there are people that are working on their own. So, um, and we're their last resort. And so there, this is my passion and that I do teach remote viewing and I'm trying to put together a team because I get called all the time to work on projects and people are willing to pay. Um, and you know, we can also use remote viewing to predict future outcomes like financials and Bitcoin and and uh, sporting events and all that stuff. Um, so I, you know, so so I want to create that kind of place for people so that we can get hired and, and work on the remote viewing. In terms of uh, people that that look for us or want, it's usually coming through my manager that is well connected. In terms of detectives, um, the cases that I've worked on are usually cold cases, um, except for that one that I told you about before, but some are like 10 years old and we're the last resort. And they're calling us saying, you're my last resort. And, um, you know, and, and the thing is you want a manager, either I'll become the manager and have other viewers do it, or I have to have a manager because I don't want to know anything about it. So it's very, 
you have to be very careful not to know anything. Um, otherwise, you can't really have a, an unbiased session. Um, the only issue I had with detectives is that they kind of, as we're saying, they draw their own conclusions before they come to us. And the problem is if our information is different, like I never wanna assume that the person is dead um, until I find that information. You know, one uh, case we had was a child and they were assuming where's the body. And I'm thinking, well, you know, someone could have kidnapped yeah. him. He could be living. So I didn't want that, but it was really hard to convince them to just, you know, you have to be clean, you know, to do these cases. You don't want to, um, you know, draw a conclusion and, you know, they, they feel that they've been doing this for many years and, and uh, that they know. So that would be the challenge. Um, if they're already calling us, they're open to psychic information, but, um, but it is kind of hard to get through to kind of keeping them clean and starting a clean slate. Michelle, how do you, uh, let me, oh, I got two questions. Let me start with the, the, I think the most direct one, um, families. I imagine that families who may have lost a loved one, missing persons cases, that kind of thing, they might be more apt to reach out to uh, remote viewers or psychics who who might be able to provide them some insight is that is that the case do families of loved ones who might be missing uh, often uh, the first line to reach out to someone like you to do this type of work um well for me um i usually get people missing jewelry so and going with <laughs> going with the idea of the law of attraction it kind of makes sense that I'd be helping people look for jewelry because <laughs> I like jewelry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but a lot of my friends um, are called for those those cases. Mm -hmm. And the truth is that not everybody can work on them. They're very, um, you know, if you're getting in the mind of a criminal, um, I have one friend that is working on the human trafficking end of it. She's working with Ugh. police. And they are trying to get information about human trafficking. So you have to be a certain kind of person that can really, you know, do cases like that. You know, I, I if I have to, I will, but I really like the jewelry. Um, another question. You mentioned <laughs> you mentioned that re through remote viewing, you can actually uh, look into future outcomes of things. You mentioned cryptocurrency and sporting events. How, now, this this is where I start to lose the, my understanding because I have a pretty good sense of what remote viewing is about. But when you start adding future events that you can actually see or remote view to find outcomes of future events, how does that work? Because that changes the paradigm a little bit. It does. It's like a different kind of it, it's a different kind of remote viewing and it's set up in a specific way. So um, uh, let's see, where, how do I start? So I'm working on a project right now where um, are you familiar with Stefan Schwartz? No, Stephen I, I don't think so. He's one of the first remote viewers. Um, I've interviewed he, he Russell Targ. I've interviewed Russell Targ. Yeah, so he, yeah, okay. So Stefan, um, he works on a lot of archeology span things, um, but we're working on a project now that's connected to financials. Um, and then there's another group I, I could work with too. So I'm gonna use an example of a sporting event. And 
what we do is again everything's you know um blind uh but how it's set up is the the manager will pick two photos and the photos are completely different from each other like for example one will be the sand and one will be the ocean and then he'll associate this photo to a team so we're not remote viewing a direct team because there could be you know some bias you know i'm in chicago and i'm gonna be cubs and so say the ocean goes to cubs and the, the beach or the sand goes to the cardinals um, so then our job is uh, we get a target number and we just do a session now, if our session is leaning towards the water, we're going to have water in there or whatever that looks like that photo. Um, and the manager, once we send that back, he'll make a prediction based on our sessions. So say there's five people and three people got water and two people got sand, then the that's a good enough to make a bet. So they kind of go by um, the predictions that are, you know, the over under score and they'll make the prediction. They'll say, okay, the Cubs are going to win over and then the game's played um, and then the Cubs win. And so then we have a win and we win money. Okay. So <laughs> that's, that's the basic how, way. How, that we how do it. I get on the smelling list? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> You could have used that mailing yeah. list when you recommended crypto to me back in December and January. Man, yeah, <laughs> crypto is really crashed. Is uh, Michelle is crypto coming back anytime soon, or are we we got to hold for a long time right now? I I think uh, we're gonna hold. We're yeah. gonna hold on that a little bit. I think you're Just right. Just a little too. bit. After it hurts. Michelle, I've got a question that's come, that is from the chat room here. Then I'm going to let Britt take it for a minute here. But one of our uh, chat members wants to know, do you have a name for your group? I mean, the group that you're assembling, the people you work with, do you work under a name? Oh, I, it's called Butterfly Effects Center Remote Viewing. So, And I teach the method called Transdimensional um, Systems. That's the method. But I kind of added the Michelle factor to it. So it's a little different. Uh, I kind of moving in into the future. Um, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And, and by so the, the way, Michelle we, we have, we have, the, excuse me, we have the website up on the, on the screen too, for folks. It's butterfly, oh, yeah. butterfly effect center.com. Is that right? Michelle butterfly effect center. That's perfect. Okay. Good. Yes. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Go ahead, Britt. What did awesome. you say, Britt? Okay. Well, I said, is the Michelle effect jewelry? Yes, of course. You have to remote <laughs> okay. view. Looking for jewelry. Lots of jewelry. Um, is, 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 remote, <laughs> is remote viewing um, different thing with going out on the astro plane? I hear people talk about, or is that two completely different things? Well, um, it could seem like it because as you're progressing through a session, you're kind of getting deeper in trance. So similar to if you're working on a project and doing something creative and you just kind of lose yourself in it, it's kind of like that. So there are times where we can tell that we're really at the target spiritually. I mean, obviously, you know, where we can actually start putting our hands out and feel 
um, certain things there so that we can describe them better. Or we'll say, what do I smell? And then, you know, you, you know, you smell something, you know, say popcorn, and then you start, okay, I feel like very festive. I'm at a carnival or, you know, I hear something. So it is very, it's kind of like a part of you is there. Um, what you're talking about, like an OBE, um, outer body experience where you are, you know, projecting your uh, spirit or soul out of your body and going to certain places. To me, it's just about intention. It's about remote viewing. My intention is to sit here do my protocol and an OBE, my intention, which I, I practice all the time is to jump out of my body and go look at the pyramids, you know? So, um, right. I just, it's really shifting what your intention is and what you want to do. Okay. So when you're doing, uh, your session, are you alone in a room or can people be around or going in and out while you're in your session? I like to train people to be able to do it anywhere, anytime, because there have been times okay. where I'm called. Um, and when I started learning, I had little kids and they'd be running around the house and I was just able to just kind of focus on what I'm doing, you know, stick them in front so of the about, TV with the, you know. <laughs> so it's, a, it's about your ability to focus. So if, if you're good at focusing, you could do it on a bus, in a room, in an office, whatever. So my follow-up question to that is, because you're talking, in a plane, you're talking about smells and tastes, and particularly smells would be easy. Have you ever been in a session and you're smelling cotton candy at the whatever the carnival you're talking about, and then your your kid goes, "I want cotton candy, mom," or someone an adult with you goes, "I smell popcorn. What the? Where's that from?" Has that ever happened where it kind of comes for you, then it sp yeah. splashes out to other people? Something similar to that happened. Um, our manager, uh, we were working on a big project that was actually um, published. It was a scientific experiment. And um, and it ended up published in the Journal for Cyclical in, um, Research. And so she, um, she was practicing to run a marathon and um, she went up a hill and got uh, Cracker Jacks. And one of the people in our group of five put Cracker Jacks in their session. It was like totally random. They just went Cracker Jacks. And so she, when she looked through the session, she was laughing because she had eaten Cracker Jacks that day. Oh, so, so she literally was, she literally ran up the hill to get Cracker Jacks physically to eat. Yeah. And then her and partner picked up on her rope. Yeah, she was probably so, tuning in somehow. I don't know, but it was weird. It's all energy. It's all energy. So you guys are picking oh, up on energy, and and someone else's filter picked up on Cracker Jacks because she was spitting out the Cracker Jacks energy, which Cracker Jacks yeah, are kind of good that's right really now. Cool, although that's really cool to happen, it's really not cool for remote viewing because you're not supposed to be looking at your manager. You're supposed to be paying attention to your work. Hey, it's cracker not Jacks. your fault your manager got Cracker Jacks. That's all on her. When you go get Cracker Jacks, you open yourself up, especially if you're not Do sharing. They still yeah, but I think they just introduced Cracker yeah. Janes or something, too, because of the gender yes, issue. they did. They, something like Are that. Are you just kidding happens. me? Not kidding. Not no, kidding at all. not at all. Oh, my God. Michelle, I've got, I've, got oh, a question. I've got a question here from a good friend of both of ours. Um, I know you know Nathaniel. Um, 
he he asked if um, when you're in one of these sessions, when you're actually in the process of remote viewing, uh, do you actually f- feel like physical sensations? Like Britt mentioned smells. Can you smell the environment? Can you touch and feel the environment as though you were truly there? Or is it purely visual for you? It's, oh, it's hard to explain. Um, I'll give you two examples. Um, I was monitoring somebody and the target was, you know, those glass bridges in China? The, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where they connect buildings. Two mountains and they're scared to, like, they're crawling the yeah, floor and they're yeah. crying. Yeah. Okay, so I gave that as a target to my um, partner. And all of a sudden, he starts his session. He starts sweating. And he's like, I'm not getting any. I, I, I don't know what's going on. Like, my body, I'm feeling, you know, whatever. Like, he was having a visceral reaction to the target. And I... He goes, I have to stop. I'm like, okay. He's like, what was the target? I'm like, it was the bridge. He's like, oh my God, I have a fear of heights. Oh, wow. So that was one thing where he was actually having a reaction to it. The other one was um, a student. I, I picked a target of a bowl of strawberries and she's allergic to strawberries and she started getting like itchy. Ooh. She was having an allergic reaction to the target, which was strawberries. So can you pick somebody to work out and then transfer that energy to me? (laughs) So I don't have to do it? To exercise. You want to see if she can remote view someone to exercise for you. Yeah. Yeah. If I I want to learn how to remote view someone exercising so it helps me be more fit. Is that possible? (laughs) Oh, I get it. Okay. I get it. Yeah. I got it. I mean, if you, can, if you can remote view strawberries and you get all itchy, can I remote view someone doing some curls? And I go, oh, hey, well, I got yeah, a nice little like, pump going. Yeah, like, can you imagine you wake up in the morning and you're just, like, ripped? and Yeah, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger oh, yeah. in his heyday. <laughs> That's yeah, what I want. And then I can eat my ice cream all night long. Oh, boy. Michelle, did you yeah. do some work? Did you <laughs> do some remote viewing work uh, that related to Oak Island? Um, Oak Island. Did I see something about that in the information you sent over? Did I say Oak Island? Let me see. Uh, says, oh, oh, that's that I TV show where I they never find know. anything? Yeah. I, it, this was recent. That's okay. So, oh my gosh, this is crazy. So there is a woman, um, uh, Greta Cornwall. Do you know her? Is she, is she, has she, she been... wrote a whole bunch of books on the Knights of the Templar. Yeah, I think. She's has she like, been referenced on the show before? Probably. Yeah, I think I've heard her name there, and maybe she's been on. Yeah. I think she's been on it, too. Yep. So I was calling her to become one of my clients because she's interesting, you know? Right. And um, (laughs) so we were talking, and we get on the topic of remote viewing because I'm obsessed. And I said, well, you know, we should work on a project because she's going to come up with a documentary. I'm like, why don't you use remote viewing to, to study some Knights of the Templar stuff? And she's like, you know... I have something. And I'm like, what? She pulled, like, literally right here. She pulls into the screen because she lives in the UK. And it's a statue. And it's like a wooden statue made of maybe like a trunk of a tree or something. And she's like, I want to know who this is and, you know, what this is about. I'm like, okay. So I put together a project and had some students look at it. And um, shoot, I'm going to forget his name. Um, 
so we were, um, I'm looking up his name now. Um, so they did these sessions. They were getting all this amazing information. Of course, I didn't tell them anything about the nights. I just said, the session is going to solve a mystery. That's all they knew. Here's your target number. So they went to work and, um, sorry, I'm looking up the name so I don't sound That's stupid. Okay. Um, and then, um, they found out all this information. So I call Gretchen and I'm like, hey, would you be willing to meet with my students and give them some um, you know, feedback on, on their stuff? Well, they were like saying all the information that they got. They're like, this is a spiritual person, family's important. Um, they were seeing some kind of military base something, not really military, but some organized organization or something and um henry sinclair yep do you know who henry sinclair? i absolutely do yeah so okay so that's who the statue was and there was like what she explained to us is that on the statue somebody added at a later date the knights of the templar that symbol yep. on the back of the statue and she said that this was related to Oak Island. And so there's like a big, huge history about it. And our remote viewers were getting a lot of stuff that was relating. So now she wants to um, take this these sessions that we worked on, do more sessions with other people, and then add it to the documentary. So it's, you know, we didn't specifically do Oak Island, but we did um, Henry St. Well, it turned out to be Henry St. She wanted confirmation that it was Henry St. Clair. Um, and based on the information that they got, um, one lady said there was this like spiritual energy that she's never felt before, <laughs> you know, like cosmic, and, you know, like godlike, and and all this stuff. So it was it was cool, and I love when we get stuff like that. Uh, that's a great story. Did you end up getting Greta as a client? No, uh, not yet. I mean, eventually. Keep working on eventually it. Eventually, yeah. She, you know, COVID put uh, people really back in terms of yeah. their budgets and like that so um she didn't say no she said not now well when you, you get her know. make sure you email eddie because that's that'd be a great conversation for us love to do that yeah i think so you'll love it i just i it. just wrote a forward for a book um i i can't remember do you work with john russell i'm trying to remember Yes. You do work with John Russell. John uh, asked me to write the foreword for his book. So I, I oh, for his third book. So I, I wrote the foreword, but he sent me the first three chapters of the book. And one of the chapters is, and I'm going to mess this up. Oh, what's the word? It's psychometrics. Psychometrics? Does, you, does that mean, mean anything okay. to you? I might be, I might be pronouncing it incorrectly. It might be psycho, it might be something else. But anyway, it's the chapter is about the okay. idea that you hold an object and you allow that object to tell you the story psychically. Psychokinesis. No, it's not psychokinesis. Sure. Something different. I'll oh. look it up while you while you answer the question. Well, I know where people hold something and then it takes them, uh, like like if someone's missing or you want to identify something or someone. 
Basic, you hold it in your hand. Yeah. You tune you, into it. The, basically, yeah. the, the object will tell you a psychic story if you let it is kind of the the, the bottom line with, with the technique. Uh, and, and reading through the chapter was pretty amazing what he was able to do with it. But it also sounds very much like remote viewing. Does remote viewing ever incorporate items and objects like that where you hold it and that helps you to get where you want to go remotely? Yeah, you totally could do. I haven't tried it personally, but yeah, why not? You know, like like Britt said, everything is energy. So, um, and and really to add to everything is energy, it's intention. It's a really, to me, everything is about intention. So if I hold this object and my intention is to learn everything I need to know about this object, that's the key. And it's the same, you know, even when somebody's sitting and trying to tune into another person, you know, it's just your intention of what, what you want to find out. I can't imagine when you started talking about remote viewing, you said, or actually it was when you started talking about Art Bell, working with Art Bell, you said you'd recently gotten divorced and you needed a job. And then you took an interest. You started looking into remote viewing. I can't imagine that you looked into remote viewing as a profession because Obviously, the work part of that, the actual getting paid for it is probably a little bit sparse. It's more of a love of it. So tell me how you started to take an interest in this, whether it's from personally or otherwise. Well, so how it happened was um, I don't I'm not sure if I booked her on your show. Did you did you have Deborah Lynn Katz on your show? I think I did. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think so. OK, so she, she and I grew up together. And she, she has written three books on psychic development. And so when we left high school, she went one way, I went another. And then we kind of reconnected later in life. And she said to me, you know, Michelle, you should take my class. You know, I think you're really intuitive. And I'm like, you have to be born with it. And she's like, no, everybody's psychic. I'm like, no, they're not. And so I took her <laughs> classes. <laughs> and weird, like I got to a point where I got really tired of trying to explain things and justifying them and stuff, and I just gave in. And then one class, she introduced remote viewing, and um, and I just took to it. You know, it was just something that came easy for me, and I was getting really good data. Um, my first session, we were supposed to be remote viewing um, tomato plants and some of the tomato plants had a virus and some didn't and they wanted to know which ones had the virus and which ones didn't so um so all she she said okay everyone here's a number just tune in and just you know describe what you're getting and so the first thing after she said the number i sneezed and um like it was out of nowhere mm -hmm. so i somehow connected right that it was a plant or something, but I didn't really connect it at all. I was just like, thought I sneezed. <laughs> um, and, so I was, <laughs> and then she told us later it was a plant and I'm like, oh, I sneezed. Okay. So that was it. I mean, and then um, I just started, you know, learning from so many people and I just felt like this was my thing. And I, it just, it became a passion an obsession and I just wanted you know, I like teaching, so I teach it because I want everyone to use it. Because the truth is you can use it for personal things, like um, kind of like what Britt's saying in a way. Um, I rem somebody remote viewed for me 
like what foods should Michelle stay away from? And, um, and I did a session and it was weird because I was getting like DNA, GMO, like all these weird things, mushrooms. I shouldn't be eating mushrooms. Okay. And <laughs> I think um, they meant tripping on mushrooms. You should avoid tripping. Yeah. On mushrooms. Oh, that must be what it was. Um, so, and you can remote view. Um, sometimes um, I've targeted some of my students, like go to a past life at, that um, you can get, you know, like a, a skill that you learned in that life and bring it into this life. You know, um, Oh, I remote view when I was moving to California, someone targeted me to remote view the house that I'll live in, in in California. So there's a lot of personal stuff that you can use for it too. It's not just, you know, out, it's also in. Um, we've kept you for an hour already and thank you for that, Michelle. Oh my God. Uh, this this was a, actually a very, very uh, wonderful conversation. We could have scheduled this one as a standalone, but thank you for filling in. And I would like to have you come back because we didn't really get to a point where we could talk about the hypnosis part of your work and some of those things too because that's, that's really fascinating as well. But before I let you go, um, I think you've, you, you said you offer classes and stuff. How can people take advantage of that if they have an interest in pursuing this with you? So my classes um, are on the Butterfly Effect Center. It's under remote viewing. Um, and then um, I think I'm, if I get enough students, um, I'm going to start a class for the summer in June. Um, and what I usually tell people, and I hope they don't take advantage of me, but I don't want money to stop them from taking the class. I know that's dangerous to say, mm. but that's how passionate yep. I hope you will pay for the class, but okay. I really want people to come and lear learn it. And um, so please reach out to me and there's a contact form on there. Reach out to me and we can maybe work something out, like maybe make payments or, you know, reduce the price for you, depending on your situation. Um, and um, yeah, and it's a six course. So it's six weeks um, and that's it. And you learn. And by the time you're done, you can do a whole session. That's, and it's a lot of fun. That's terrific and very generous of you, by the way. Uh, that's very kind. So uh, I thank you for all of the folks that can take advantage of that who wouldn't normally be able to because of the cost. That's very nice of you. Michelle, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for stepping up and filling in for Dr. Scott Teller. Please give him our best. Uh, Eddie will reach okay. out to you and we'll reschedule him and we'll also get you back on because it was a lot of fun tonight. Thank okay, you. Okay, great. Oh, yeah. We have a lot of new people on board too. So I'll send an updated list. Terrific. Take care it of yourself. You awesome. <laughs> nice meeting you, Michelle. <laughs> All right. Take, take care, Michelle. Bye. Well, that worked out really well, Britt. I mean, uh, you know, we, we were a little nervous yeah. there because and I've had instances where guests have had last minute uh, issues that have come up and haven't been able to be here. And uh, it was really, really generous of Michelle to step in. And, and it was a great discussion. Yeah. It was fa fa fantastic. That was actually. a cool audible. I thought it was just going to be you yelling at me about something all well, night. Well, that's going to happen later. Better. Phone call during the interview, during the live show. <laughs> Britt, phone call. Oh. Have we not learned to silence yeah. the phone yet? Uh, what what, what uh. was it? What, oh, uh, oh God. What, I forgot what, what our bell would say. Uh, um, uh, oh, uh, oh you man. Blew it. No. You blew it. You blew it. You blew it. Is it you blew it? Yeah. You blew you it, blew Michelle. It. You blew it. <laughs> You yeah. blew it, Britt. You blew yeah, it. Yeah, totally blew it. Forgot to put it on the old silent. Oops. Oh, man. But, anyway. You know. Hey, I am the amateur, so you're the pro.
Well, you're making me look good, Britt. You're making me look really good. Yeah, I always make you look good. <laughs> That's my job. Wow. Uh, and your Watson. Yeah, thank you to everybody who's who's uh, been really active in chat. We've had a great uh, conversation going on there tonight as well. And thank you again to Arts Bridge for the Super Jet chat. Uh, one of the things that Britt and I have to do, because uh, the, the software we use, everything that's going on here is really, really expensive. And, um, you know, we don't have the advertising revenue that we used to when I was doing the show in the other format. So this comes out of our pockets unless we get a little bit of help. So when somebody does provide a Super Chat for us, it is really huge. So thank you for that. Uh, we really appreciate it. Or in the case of Foxhole, you know, we get, what are they, uh, cans and cookies and Gold, sunglasses uh, and all yeah, that stuff and there. ships. Gold yeah. pills, basically. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, and really then also, you know, you could, if you want to get a cool t-shirt out of it, go to uh, paranormalirl.com, paranormalirl.com, uh, and go to the merchandise tab, and we have a bunch of t-shirts on there. It has ghosties and Bigfoots and UFOs and Y4s and whatnots. And someone in chat said they liked my particular shirt i have on right now which is more of a political shirt so if you go to the independencegang.com and then click on the merchandise tab independencegang.com click on the merchandise tab there's a bunch of political shirts over there along with this one which is don't have a gun buy one don't know how to use a gun learn don't believe in guns get ready to hide behind somebody who does so it's a great shirt, and everybody should buy guns and ammo. Yeah, thank That's you. That's my thank you. politics today. Thank you, Randy, for or Randall, for that uh, those that compliment. Thank you very much. And I do want to mention, we probably should have started the program out with this. You're mentioning guns. It's kind of something I've got to say now. Uh, hearts and prayers go to the folks in Texas who suffered an unbelievable tragedy today at the hands of an 18-year-old madman who walked into an elementary school, killed, I think it was 18 kids, and uh, to a, and what? killed an adult, but also was killed himself by the police in Texas today. Uh, unbelievable! Th- what? Yeah, I just that's exactly. I've not watched the news all day today, yeah. so I, I did not know this. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, horrible. Um, what is wrong? With, the the wrong eighteen with year old apparently. Losing it. Last I heard, and again, I don't have the most updated information. Uh, the the eighteen year old killed his grandmother. Got in his vehicle, drove, and somehow the vehicle became disabled. And right in front of this school, got out of the this truck, went into the uh, the school and opened fire, killed eighteen elementary kids and uh, and one teacher, and then he himself was killed by the police. Horrible. And our, our hearts and prayers and minds go uh, to those families who are suffering the worst of all tragedies right now. And and uh, yeah, I mean, not, nothing else we can say. It's just it's just horrific. Um, and that's just pure evil. It's a madman. It's pure evil. Pure evil. Anyway, I didn't mean to bring down the conversation like that, but I felt like we did need to, need to say something. Um, anyway. Yeah, had I realized that happened, I wouldn't have pointed out this shirt. Yeah, well, that's Although, why, that's why I felt the need, to, that's why I felt the need to say that, because I didn't want folks to think that you were being insensitive. You didn't know the news or whatever, so it doesn't matter. Um, by the way, no, uh, no. we did have a few folks correct me. It was psychomet- psychometry? It was the word I was looking for. I don't remember what I ended up using, but that chapter that uh, of John Russell's book, the first chapter, uh, the book that I wrote the foreword for, uh, pretty interesting technique. And it was very similar to how she was describing remote viewing, which is why I asked her that question. Yeah, she was. Uh, that was a lot more informative than I thought it was going to be, especially when I told her to treat me like a third grader. Mm-hmm. And, and she, the, she really the, treated the me, thing, me like well. A third and the grade. thing that people don't realize when you say that, um, that's actually a step up for you because normally you're only processing things at a second <laughs> grader level. So, 
That's um, true. There is some truth in this. There is some truth in All right, how about a couple of trivia questions before we call it a night here? I'm actually getting a headache, and I gotta, I gotta go take something. Yeah, for this. my fucking head's pounding. Yeah, I don't. know. I think it's the the air pressure's changing here, or weather's changing, so it always gets me. Oh, it um, is. Thank I you. I just JB bought a Henry. new racing lawnmower, oh. so I was turning it on in the garage, breathing the fumes. Oh, nice. <laughs> Um, well, that's what I did to myself. Rudy said that uh, the the event, uh, the the incident in Texas happened about fifty miles from where he is. So, you're, that's a real personal oh thing there. Yeah, horrible. All right, trivia question number one. Here we go. What's the difference between a meteoroid, a meteor, and a meteorite? What is the difference between a meteoroid, a meteor, and a meteorite? Well, a meteoroid can be treated with preparation H. <laughs> a meteorite needs been gay. And don't confuse the two. Whatever you do, do not confuse your preparation H with been gay. It is a feeling you will never, ever forget. Not that I'm speaking from experience. Yeah. yeah. That, is the that... other thing you don't want to do is, is rub in been gay on your girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever and then go to the bathroom and grab your junk without washing your hands first. Let me tell you, that'll make you hop, skip, and jump around the house a little bit. Oh, my God. Well, see how quickly I'm this derails? Saying. See how quickly this derails? All right, so that was an inform That was informative information. Informative information. People to learn. You only have to use one of those words. You, that, that's a redundant statement. It's either informative, which means it's information, or it's information. I mean, it's, if it's informative information, you're, you're being a little redundant with your statement there. I just, want to I just want to make sure you understood how important it was. I see. So you're emphasizing it. Was, it. You were using the redundancy yes, to was, emphasize the point. Yes. Brilliant word, use yes, of language, Britt. Brilliant use of language. Hey. Um, you understood what I was saying. So a lot of folks are saying it's size <laughs> that makes the difference between a meteoroid, a meteor, and a meteorite. This is my guess. A meteoroid is something that is uh, um, traveling through space. A meteor okay. enters the Earth's atmosphere. A meteorite makes it to the ground. And you can hold it in your hand. It, 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 actually, it, get, it actually gets to the ground. Uh, it's going to be okay. something like that. Actually, we have meteor. That makes sense to me. Okay, so uh, yeah, uh, we've got. Um, I can't. Uh, John in John in O, John in O K C O in Foxhole says a meteoroid is a rock in space that is. It's called a meteor when it enters the atmosphere, and it's a meteorite when it hits when it's found on the ground. So there we go. Uh, Rebel said meteorite impacts a meteorite. Burns up in the atmosphere and a meteor goes by without getting caught. I think you have meteoroid and meteor switched there, uh, Rebel. But let me check the answer on the on the sheet here. Answer is they all describe different phases of the same object before a piece of cometary or asteroidal uh, material enters Earth's atmosphere. It is a meteoroid. Once it enters the Earth's atmosphere and begins to burn up, it's a meteor. And when the remains of the meteoroid hit the Earth's surface, it's called a meteorite. So. We were right. We were right with that. Mm. Woo! God dang. So what that? happens if a meteoroid enters a surface and uh, hits somebody and kills them? Okay, well, first of all, there is no meteoroid. I don't know what the hell that was. That wasn't <laughs> one of the options. So now you're just making stuff up. But either way, it's a murderer. It's a murderoid, and it's going to go to jaileroid. Murderoid. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> jaileroid. <laughs> Okay. Oh, my God. All right, what's the next one? All right. 
I should know this since this is actually local to me. Uh, here we go. Oh boy. Uh, who was the first woman inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame? That National Baseball Hall of Fame is literally two blocks from here. Uh, I could probably hit it. I could probably hit it with a with a baseball if I uh, hit the ball with the bat. Um, mm. Who was the first woman inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame? Who the hell would that be? I have no idea. I don't even know. I mean, there are no uh, women. Be an umpire. There are no women. It's got to be a sportscaster, right? A female sportscaster, maybe. Got to be. Well, I or, mean, or, or maybe or, a, uh, a owner, owner, president. Yeah. What's a, who, who's the owner of that? Was it Marge? What was her name? Marge. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She got name? trouble. <laughs> she got a lot of trouble. <laughs> oh man. I know. I she should know this school. stuff. The, the baseball hall of fame is literally right down the street. Um. I don't. I don't know the name, but I'm going to go with some kind of an owner. You're going to go owner, owner? or, or owner, yeah. some kind of an owner. I don't know the names. I'm the wrong person. Oh boy, he's, he's falling apart now. Oh, I was trying to hold it in. Marge Shot. Yeah, Marge oh. Shot is the one I was thinking of. I, I know she's not in the Hall of Fame, but yeah, she's just a a classic character. Uh, who was the first woman inducted into National Baseball Hall of Fame? Into the National Baseball Hall of Fame. So what else could it be? Owner? Uh, it could be a um, sportscaster or a sports writer. Um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely not a player or a coach. Are there any female coaches in, in, in the... I don't think I don't think so. Uh, Lala says, what about the ladies that played while the men were at war? Yeah, there was, but that wasn't, oh, that wasn't uh, part of the major leagues, though. That was just a separate league that played for entertainment. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't take the place of major league baseball players. Hmm. <laughs> I need a hand job. I need There's a hand no job. Scooter. In baseball. I need a hand job. Scooters. Who it is? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, was He's it, twelve. Yeah. Um. Uh, was it the cowbell lady that attended all the Brooklyn Dodgers games? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, again, the question is: uh, Who was the first woman inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame? Our answer is. We're losing Brit in a hurry here. We got to get through these. Yeah, he's just falling apart. Burning. Look at him go. He, he's a meteoroid on it. He's a meteor on the way to the <laughs> Earth's surface, about to crash. Yep. Effa, uh, Effa, E F F A, Effa Manley. Effa <laughs> Manley was a civil rights activist who co-owned the Newark Eagles baseball franchise with her husband Abe and helped lead the Eagles to victory in the Negro League World Series in 1946. She was inducted in the National Baseball Hall of Fame in 2006. Effa Manley, a a, a co-owner with her husband in the Negro League. So you were right with the owner thing. There you go. Last one. And then we're calling a night. Final question. Here we go, Scooter. This is your number three question for the night. In visual art, what does the term pentimento mean? In visual art, what does the term pentimento mean? Pentimento. Visual art. Pentiment. Is that when a pinto goes by on fire? <laughs> now, if I'm going to use my Latin understanding, penta, pento or penta would mean five. So pentimento. What would that? Pentamento. Five Mentos. F- five, five Mentos mints? Mentos in a package, yes. Yeah, Joe, Iowa, you're right. Penta means five. It's So that's what I was going with. 
So I'm thinking five and pigment. It's pentamento. Five colors. I like it. Who said that? Somebody multiple colors. colors. Yeah, five colors. Yeah, I'm thinking five colors. Yeah, I think we maybe we deduced hmm. the answer to this. Five colors. Ooh, well, we will. We will only know when you flip the paper over and read it to us. Yeah, okay. I'm just giving people a chance to answer. Our foxhole chat is not interested in answering this question, it seems. <laughs> so, again, the question is, in visual art, what does the term pentimento mean? The answer is nothing that we said. <laughs> <laughs> it has, it's nothing. Did anybody else get anything different? We're all kind of going on the same assumptions here. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. No, nobody nobody got it. Okay, so the answer is it means uh, pentimento refers to evidence of an underlying image in a work of art that suggests the artist painted over an earlier work. Oh. And we know that to be the case with a lot of very uh, famous works of art. The artists, you know, couldn't afford a lot of canvases, so sometimes they would paint over something they'd already done. And I think there's... Oh, look at him struggle. Watch this. This is a battle, ah! a battle of... Strength versus exhaustion. Um, oh, yeah. I, there's people that, that have suggested the Mona Lisa is one of these. It actually has an image underneath it that was painted over, um, which is interesting. So, Pentimento. Wow. There you go. There we go. There we are. Learn something new every day. We learned something new today for sure. Uh, thanks for being here, everybody. Appreciate it. And, again, thanks for bearing with us since we had that last-minute change in our guest lineup, uh, Dr. Scott Taylor. Uh, had a family emergency and could not join us, but um, Michelle did a great job. I've I've worked with Michelle. Uh, Slick Eddie's worked with Michelle for a lot of years in booking guests. She does a great job, very thorough. I wish everyone did their job as well as Michelle does hers. So thanks for that. Uh, we'll be back uh, Thursday night. I'm not sure who the guest is. You, are you looking it up? Is that what you're doing? I'm looking up right. I'm looking up right now. We have, we have uh, Amaral Hall. A M I R A. Oh yeah, yeah. Amaral. Yeah, I'm excited the about Soul this. Soul Mystic School Psychic. Yeah. Uh, I am the founder of Soul Music School, a, uh, a modern a modern mystery school for psychic development and energy mastery, blah, 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 blah. So basically, he's a teacher of the psychic. She, she is. I'm yes, taking from it. She, she is, I'm yeah. sorry, she. Yeah. Yeah. Th you know. Thank, thanks for that comment. L Art Bell is amazing. Really an amazing broadcaster. And, and the show itself was was fantastic. Like I said, one of my top three broadcasters of all time. All right, that's going to do it, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks for being here and have a terrific, 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 I'm looking for the button, terrific night. Hi.